0: Is a massive cunt, by the way. I just thought I'd get that in quickly.
1: <laughs> the Nugent um, of rap.
0: Uh, yeah, anyway, aside from that, uh, welcome to episode 27. Um, uh, and uh, this week, before we uh, go on, Holy Man finally gets his way with his fucking wrestling episode. Um, we've tried holding it off and holding it off. But unfortunately, we've had to give in um, because eventually he'll get his way. So we're looking at the, the relationship between wrestling and metal because... Yeah, as much as I, I don't want to admit it, there is definitely a relationship there. Um, we'll, we'll come to all of that in a minute. Um, but we couldn't let him have all of the um, all of the glory, so we we brought in we brought in an expert. So entering the ring for a special appearance, friend of the podcast, <laughs> resting aficionado uh, Gav Evans, longtime friend of Padre University, friend so it goes back a fair few years. Um, Gav, welcome to the podcast, and thank you thank for you. coming on and giving Very us your much, knowledge. This is two hours of your life you're never going to get back. But if that's the
2: case, I've already wasted fifty-two hours by listening to your other twenty-six episodes. Well, there you go.
0: <laughs> well, we've always tried to keep it short, but it's just never worked out. This way. So if well, we I, could, I, if we cut the politics out, we might be able to edit down. A what bit. makes you think? What makes you think this is
3: going to be a two-hour podcast? Because the average wrestling pay per view is at least three hours. Yeah, that ain't
0: happening. Fuck Longer than that. that these days. Fuck that! No. Um, before we quickly go on, I just want to give a thanks to everybody who's been listening over the past sort of six months or so. Um, our uh, listener base has grown and grown, as I've said, around the world. So, you know, we're as far flung as sort of Colombia and Yemen and Pakistan and all sorts of places now. So, even those of you in the States and the UK, most of our listeners are, um, you know, thanks for sticking with us. And we've got big plans for 2023. Hopefully, lots of exciting stuff happening. So, we'll, uh, you know, world domination starts. Well, it starts now, really. I suppose. Really, um. Anyway, moving on. Um. So, Gav, as your uh, guest on the show, um, what have you been listening to this week in preparation?
2: So, uh, as somebody who's not necessarily a metal fan, but just likes kind of a lots of different things, I have tried my best to uh, to join in here. I've just gone straight into Apple Music, gone metal and uh, got Apple Music to tell me what the new releases are this week. So I started off with uh, Dark Throne, the Norwegian band. Um, it was uh, an early release of a single, Caravan of Broken Ghosts, from their seven-track uh, Astral Fortress EP. And uh, I really like that, actually. It was just quite almost medieval um, at times. Quite a long track, but um, I need to listen to the rest of that EP. It's only come out um, today. Um
0: before, when... yeah, before you quickly before you go on, I just want to quickly mention that Darkthrone album and some of the song titles on it. Darkthrone are a bit daft these days, anyway. But like you said, Caravan of Broken Ghosts, <sighs> impossible Caverns of Satan, Stalagmite Necklace. Uh, and my personal favorite, which is the best song on the album, I've got to admit, is The Sea Beneath the Seas of the Sea. Fucking brilliant.
1: And the <laughs> album, the album cover is basically an advert for Mr. Plough. Yeah, it's Fenris yeah. on ice skates. What more yeah. can you want?
0: You know, so yeah, so, yeah I thought. Anyway, good. Sorry, Gareth, careful.
2: Um, then uh, next up, it's thrown me completely over the other side of the world to Japan for a uh, baby metal, which uh, it's like a, a, a culture clash of <laughs> super fast metal and then female soft vocals, which almost sound like a computer game. Type kind of Final Fantasy or something. So it does remind me of Dragon Force from um, Guitar Hero. Um, but weirdly, I did look these guys up, and they are the highest chart in Japanese band in British history. They I had they remember. had an album that went yeah. in at fifteen in the UK
1: charts. I <laughs> was like, crazy. Yeah, I can't think. Of, yeah, I can't think of any Japanese artists that ever made it big over here. To
0: be fair, yeah. they had they had fairly big slots at like download and stuff like that. You know, they they do have a following. It's just mad. Yeah but they, they do have a following.
2: Yeah, I, um, I did quite like that. It definitely made me think of kind of computer game yeah. type soundtrack oh, music.
1: Manga uh, metal. Yeah, Manga. yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
2: yeah. Um, and then uh, I went to uh, France for uh, Gojira, which I think yes. they're like prog metal. Yeah. And um, this was just a new single that they've got out called Our Time Is Now. And I really like that as well. The guitar solo in the, minute, in the middle goes on for bloody ages and is awesome. Um and then I went to exhumed and uh yeah, um that probably it probably wasn't my cup of tea. One step um, too far. I did I I genuinely did think that that musically it was nice, but l- lyrically, I just couldn't understand any of it, and it was just growly, growly noise. It yeah. So and then um and then the next one then that popped up which was the last one, which I have spent a lot of time listening to these for S.A.R.G. The Norwegian Supergroup, as Apple Music described it. Um, So they've got a new album out, Born Demons. And uh, yeah, that's been on in the car a lot this week, especially on the school runs to get my kids listening to it as well. It's got, I would say, lyrically, it's there's a bit of Aussie in there. There's definitely a bit of kind of Motley Crue kind of guitar licks every now and again um vocally it's pretty clean but um maybe a bit more heavy rock than metal but i I really like that album i've got to be honest and i would probably keep listening to them
0: i've never really um i've never really listened to them aware of them i know i know it's um it's king of hell um but i've never i've seen them i'm going to give it a listen now because the description sounds sounds really good so i'm going to give that a go but um, cool but yeah, you're going to stay clear of Exhumed then, that's that's a bit...
2: Yeah, I think so. And then uh, the other one then uh, I've just put on the end is uh, the Punk Rock Factory, just to uh, lighten things up. So they're actually a band from uh, Barry, who I went to see the other week. Now, they do um punk rock covers of uh, TV theme tunes and uh, Disney stuff, right? However, I turn up at this gig the other week and it was just all... Thirty to forty-year-old metal fans singing "Let It Go" oh, in a punk rock style. Oh God! So, um, so they they have a new tour out uh, next year. But the li- the link is is that their supporting act, Junior, one of those one of the uh, the of that band is actually in NXT, and um, their song is the theme for NXT UK. So there is a direct wrestling link there.
1: All right, fair enough. Right, I think, yeah. we, we think we're going to have to go to that then next year.
0: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> so, like, quite entertaining, to be honest. Fuck <laughs> oh, you know. Um Padre. Power
2: Rangers in a punk
0: rump style. Oh Jesus! Well, Power yeah. Power Rangers. There's times that that borders on power metal, anyway. Yeah. So, but yeah, enough of that when my kids were younger. Um, Padre, what's um what wheels of steel have you been spinning this week? Lamb of God, Ashes of the Wake and Sacrament. You listen to the new one? Not yet. Moment,
3: give it a go. It's good. It's... Um, I've been. I mean, I just. I've been listening to that playlist that we're currently making for the uh the thing next year. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's so convenient because there's so much good stuff on it that you're just like, oh fuck, I just put that on. Um, and it's just you know, work is just uh being a bit. So you know, not much time to actually sit down and uh listen to stuff
0: shocking um, level of commitment i've got to be honest with you you're letting metal down metal over education <laughs> not the other way around
3: yeah i know um there'll be there will be penance don't don't get me wrong there will be penance i know i know how many people i need to sacrifice to appease the gods
0: yeah good what have i been listening to this week um undeath sort of american death metal yeah oh yeah it?
1: Yeah, yeah. They, get, they get a lot of uh, praise in, in both circles, because they're, they're in a yeah, yeah, quite
0: a lot of fuss over them, but there's there's a, there's a lot of death metal bands out there that do that kind of thing an awful lot better. Um, I was a bit bored of it, really. Yeah. Um, but oh, it was, like, enough, but it was all right. Yeah, it was, you know... Yeah, the only reason I, I listed them was I, I cropped up on social media that they were doing their first ever um, UK shows and Celestial Sanctuary supporting, who are really good. Um, but yeah, it didn't really do it for me. Um, Overpower, sort of British crossover thrash band Really good, if anyone's not heard of them Give them a listen, It's a five track EP out at the minute Really fucking good If you're into stuff like Power Trip And bands like Lois Creech like we've had on here before You'll, you'll definitely like that uh, The new Ugly Kid Joe, Rad Wings of Destiny Which, you know, not just a great album title But it took a bit of time to sort of get into it It's quite low key, but um, that's a really good album Really enjoyed that the new Ruby the Hatchet album, that's really good. Sort of bluesy rock, female vocals, have been to bands that sort of stuff like Blues Pills, that kind of thing, it's along those lines. Uh, and the new Architects album, which came out last Friday. And the reason I mentioned that is myself and Ant went to see Architects do a small club show in Brighton on Monday night um, at Chalk. That's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah, Chalk. Sure. Yeah, sort of. It
1: be, used to be Horned. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so sort of nine own capacity venue, homecoming show, album release show kind of thing. So it was, you know, sort of small, hot, sweaty show. Um, it was good, wasn't it? It was a good yeah. show. Intimate. Yeah, it was. It was, um, it took a little, you know, three or four songs to get going, I think, for the crowd to get into it and and whatnot. But once it did get going, it it really fucking got going, didn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they started off with a lot of newer stuff, which is probably more yeah. familiar to me, in all honesty. So I kind of kind of lost a bit of track. As the, um, as the set went on. But there's enough stuff there that I was familiar with. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, don't know, I don't know if it's just me, but it just didn't seem loud to begin with.
0: No, it didn't. It, it kind of it to pick up, didn't it, to, you know, halfway yeah. through the set and then it, it sort of came to life. Um, I don't know,
1: because but- I, I, I went for Black Art the other week to see um, The Grudge and we had to have earplugs. Everyone had to have earplugs in that video. Yeah, that's the
0: way it fucking should be.
1: It's ridiculous. It's funny
0: because I'd
2: never heard of architects. Until you guys mentioned it last week, and then uh, I was on the train station at Cardiff Queen Street yesterday, and I turn around and there is a massive digital billboard, and it had Architects on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, they've reached a yeah. bit of a precipice. I think they're they're going to um, they're going to explode. They're about to go on tour. I mean, they play sort of eight to ten thousand capacity venues anyway, but they're about to go on an arena tour with Biffy Clyro. So I think tours like that are going to give them another sort of step towards you know they're going to be an arena band themselves pretty soon i think they've definitely got that kind of presence about them mm. so you know fair play to my they yeah. well. they've been around for a long long time they started off as like sort of almost tech death metal stroke hardcore and they've kind of got more and more accessible as the years have gone on um but i think they've turned into a into a really good band the last yeah. three or four albums have been excellent
1: so yeah you know, i could have i could have done without the crowd chance of seagulls though
0: yeah fuck that i almost started chanting eagles just to be one of those <laughs> but, you know i was driving so i was sober that probably stopped me doing it um yeah good show and uh, a good new album as well to be fair so fair play to and good luck
1: um andy what about you um yeah i've been sort of listening to a fair bit of architects as well just because it's you know a bit of a new discovery for me but yeah you pretty much summed up my feelings there so i'll keep digging in um witch fever um this is a band who've been getting a lot of positive press in both the metal press and the indie press um they've been knocking about for a few months now doing you know the little sort of trendy shows and whatnot and they actually supported cancer bats recently which we were going to go to and we never got round to it. So I'm now annoyed about that. Um, Game on us because that was on my
0: fucking doorstep.
1: Yeah. Tunbridge Wells. Come on. I mean, 10 minutes down on. the road. But yeah, I mean, how can I describe them? They're, it's, it's basically post-punk meets doom metal. Um, if you like, yeah, if you, if you like your doom metal, your Sabbath and all of that stuff, but you like stuff like Susie the Banshees or Joy Division, you'll probably like the, this lot. Um, Really good, quite inventive. It's, it's such a simple, simple mix that I'm surprised no one's done it before. Uh, and it's a bit angry. Um, it's got a bit of a savages vibe, but yeah, good, really good. Um, probably looking at an album of the year um, if you're into that kind of thing.
0: Fucking hell, steady on.
1: Um, also, um, Dave, Dave, I, I, I can't even pronounce her D A E V A. We'll call him Dave. Yeah, called cool. <laughs> Hello, <Dave. laughs> Um the album's called Through Sheer Will and Black Magic. It's
0: an absolute fucking beast.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean that cover, I mean that cover's just colourful as fuck. It's yeah. just mental. Yeah, I'm I'm not too sure what to think about that at the moment. Um there's a lot going on. It's very inventive. Mm. Um lot to I mean cross nine songs over 36 minutes, so you know. Um, but yeah, um interesting, I think I'll call that.
0: Um, I, I I was I was blown away by it. To be fair, I've listened to it a few times now, and um,
1: it, it, I can see it's probably a grower.
0: Yeah, it's it's sort of sort of, it's sort of it's quite technical, slightly progressive, blackened thrash, isn't it? I suppose it's yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, I, I absolutely loved it.
1: Yeah. Um, if you're talking black metal, um, I've had one listen to ugh, sorry, it's this cold. Um, I've had one listen to this uh, the new Morbicon album that came out today. Quality. uh the municipal waste fin troll side projects very accessible black metal not very raw not very true cult but i really enjoyed it so i'll probably be listening to that a lot the next week so i shall report back um and one more band who uh i believe is the uh underground band of the week
0: hold on hold on
1: uh, uh, um we need the jingle oh i've got a jingle <laughs> That was not the jingle. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Um, um, right. Who is it? <laughs> the Underground the no. Week is the Mighty Raptore. So that's Raptor with, a, with an E on the end. They are Argentinian Spanish. They are the wonderful Dying Victims Productions label, uh, which is absolutely brimming with artists um, and everyone needs to uh, check out. And quite simply, it's just old school, no nonsense. Balls to the wall, heavy metal.
2: I've Fuck just loaded That's them it. up on Apple Music, and the picture is outstanding. It's so yeah. 80s. Yeah. It is so 80s. It is <laughs> unreal.
1: Yeah, the album came out a couple of months ago. It's called Black Fire. I mean, it's eight songs. I think it's not even quite half an hour, but it's, yeah, I mean, if you like Enforcer, Wolf. The, the tag on the one school.
2: is absolutely unbelievable.
1: Yeah. There's no, I mean, there's no pretension here. I'm not even going to try and save her a bit this, or a bit that. It's just fucking heavy metal. That's it. Needs to no pigeonhole. I
2: have to yeah. to that. The picture oh, yeah. sold me. The picture of the band
0: has sold me.
1: It looks like Argentinian Spanish. The What's English the name Houston. of the album? Blackfire.
0: Even that yeah. is
1: proper metal. Yeah, it's that second right. album.
3: That, that is, uh, that's, that's special. But yeah and there was other one here as well 2016 raging fever
1: that's how i feel at the moment
3: that is
0: um that that's a pretty good album some pretty yeah. special facial hair going on definitely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. i'm i'm all over that i'm all over yeah. that. it's
2: like it, the, the one guy looks like if brian may and freddie mercury actually had a baby
1: <laughs> <Jeez>.
0: that's terrifying <laughs> <laughs>
1: trying to work out oh yeah yeah i can actually tell which guy (laughs) that is actually he actually actually he looks like the dude from the princess bride he does
2: he does
3: yeah he does
1: yeah he's gonna ask you about words that you don't know the meaning of sorry mandy batankin that's the one
0: yeah Mm -hmm, get you all right um go check them out there just just like gav said (laughs) just because of the picture um, that kind of fits with, uh, with with you know when we were touching on new wave of traditional heavy metal a few weeks back. So,
1: oh, God. it's more traditional than traditional. It's just, oh, beautiful. It's, I love it already.
0: Yeah, I love it already. Awesome. alright cool. all right so let's um, let's let these two get on with uh, this wrestling nonsense, shall we? Where, where are you going to start? What, what's your opening salvo? You know, it's um, what you what exactly are you bringing to the table? Um, I think, well, you know, I, you know it's the, uh, I, I think this
3: that, on the base level, those. when you look at the, the connection between um, metal and wrestling, that you 1st firstly, you've got like, it's the live experience for a lot of people. I mean, we're, we're, it's difficult if you're in Europe because we, we get limited access to it, but in its heyday, when you had numerous um, regions and uh, or even in the late '90s, when you had like WCW and ECW and WWF, and they were all touring, so you could go and see a live show. Uh, you know, if you've seen pay-per-views and TV shows from that period, but there's a lot of people wearing metal t-shirts, and I think that experience of going and seeing a live performance of something that's completely over the top and uh, and like is a spectacle is very similar for a lot of metal fans. Like we can see. The, the we can recognize the the um the kind of links there it's, familiar. it's just
2: an there's just an, an escapism I think and you, you guys were talking about like Ramstein last week and you know <clears throat> 120 quid for a ticket but you're not just going for the music you're going for everything else yeah. that goes with it and um you know having the first ever stadium pay-per-view in Cardiff a couple of months back and being lucky enough to get tickets for that. You know, you, you think of that three and a half hour show and how much of it is actually resting. It's probably not that much, but the entrances, you know, the music, the atmosphere, the showmanship, everything else, the pyros, the fireworks, the stupid chip um, It does just create an absolutely unbelievable atmosphere where everybody there... Wants to experience the same thing.
0: Um, um, is it, I'm assuming. I mean, you know, I I was into wrestling a lot more when I was younger, and I'm sure a lot of people say that um, because you know, grown men looking at other grown men in little pants. That's not the last time I'm going to reference that either. Um, it's uh, there's there's obviously a, a subcultural crossover in there between wrestling fans and metal fans. It, it's it's an easy can, can easy. Can we, get past the, can we get past the men in pants thing? No. Nope. Not no i'm sorry I'm, like, I
3: in this day and you know. I mean who's to say anyone can oil someone up? You know, for Christ's sake, I mean this have you seen the amount of women female wrestling there is now? Some of it's probably better than the actual shit that's going on in the fucking male male stuff.
0: Stop trying to detract from the fact you like watching <laughs> oily men in little pants grapple each other like some kind of homoerotic man of war video. You can't they, get away yeah.
2: I, I've spoken to a few people this week and said, "Look, I'm doing a you know podcast on 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 the weekend around metal and wrestling," and there is that immediate, you know, sniffy nose.
0: Yeah.
2: Both of those things from some people, yeah. Both of them cross over into culture. So if you say to someone, "Do you like metal?" and they go, "Oh no, I don't like metal," but then you. <laughs> but do you know guns and roses do you know acdc songs you know they, they'll go oh yeah yeah i like them i like them i like them so you do like some of it but you know you might not like all of it and it's the same way i think with wrestling is that you know a lot of people like you said Triganza, uh, that people will say i used to watch that when i was a kid yeah. i used to really like it but i've kind of grown out of it and they can become a bit sniffy now i'm lucky enough i've got you know four kids and you know they all like wrestling you know, they will sit and and watch wrestling. I can kind of enjoy them watching wrestling, but it's easy for people to turn their nose up. Yet they'll quite happily sit and watch three hours of Coronation Street into EastEnders, into Brookside or whatever, you know, which is similar in, it's that kind of episodic soap type drama. But, you know, for wrestling, you've just got buff men in oily
0: oily pants right, can we can we yeah. st- stop with the whole buff man in oily pants thing? i'm, I'm starting to take to <laughs> no, I, I i get it all joking aside I, I do get it and i think um like you said the the two go hand in hand with that kind of um turning your nose up at oh it's rest you know, it, it's heavy metal it's, it's neanderthal it's it's all of that so i i guess i <laughs> guess it's um it's, it's something that we can all relate to as as into alternative entertainment I suppose
3: if you, if you think about this though right with the um, what Gav was saying about the episodic soap operas and stuff how many times have people come into work the day after a, an episode of EastEnders and be like well oh, did you see that fight on EastEnders last night where Phil Mitchell beat up you know Ian B on the Queen Vic on East, you know, and you're like that's what fucking wrestling is yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's the same thing it's just like, it's like, it's just instead of like people in a pub in a, in a fictional like borough of the East, of these saying, you slag or fucking hammer, you know, it's, it's <laughs> someone going off a fucking burning table. You know, it's just, it's just, it, it's, it's the American, the Americans have taken it and they've just made it into something else. Yeah. You know I mean? I'm, if you, if you were watching fucking Coronation Street and someone got thrown off the roof of the Rover's Return into a flaming dumpster, wouldn't you just be like, "Oh my god, this is the best episode of the save I've ever seen"? Oh, so I'd that's love to probably see. Probably st- happened. Love that to see someone get power bombed has-
1: through the bar. Yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like Emmerdale Farm, someone just goes like, "He just goes, Dad, you're pregnant," and then like he goes right, and he just brings out like a, a baseball yeah. bat wrapped from barbed wire to, to <laughs> well, go off. I'm the know, person that's know. done it.
2: Yeah, Emmerdale's had a bloody plane crash and a train crashed through the middle of Weatherfield and. Yeah, you know, it's ridiculous if you think of all of those things that happen to those same people.
0: So what we're saying yeah. is like, it's like Kiss doing a soap opera, isn't it? That's, that's, that's essentially what... Yeah, that's well, it. I it. If, you,
2: if, you, if, you, if you go back, I think, you know, the <laughs> earliest type of um, wrestlers who started to embrace the metal is probably the Road Warriors, or as most people know them, Legion of Doom.
0: Yeah.
2: Who, you know, there's definitely a Kiss element. I mean, they even had Kiss... As uh, their theme tune, <coughs> uh, the, the ring walk music uh, at the beginning. Then they used Ozzy with Iron, you know, Black Sabbath with Iron Man, and then I think from Legion of Doom, he went to Demolition, and Demolition were probably a rip off of Legion of Doom, but with Kiss makeup.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's obvious. So let's look at the the obvious point then, and the intro songs. Uh, and some of the the bands that have been involved in it over the years, going all the way back to the '80s. To be fair, um, and you know the, the big events, live live performances, all that kind of thing. So looking at um, looking at the notes, um, WrestleMania 2, Ozzy Osbourne walking through with British bulldogs, um, WrestleMania 3, Alice Cooper with Jake the Snake. Um, that's actually even slightly before my time. I think mean, it was SummerSlam '88 was what did it for me. So it's sort of everything from there till about 2002, 2003. So, I mean, that's... That, those, those, community two, community. those two are a little bit more... They're a bit more out there, aren't they? I mean, Ozzy and Alice Cooper, they are it's certainly in the 80s. They were fucking huge.
3: Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? If it's in the 80s, and that's what I've seen in two, that's what, 85? 86. 86. 86. 86. That means, I mean, can, can you imagine how messed up Ozzy was?
1: It would have been like an absolute shitstone.
3: Yeah, and I, I, when I saw that as well, I was thinking to myself, do you know who would make a really good, like, wrestling manager? Sharon Osborne. <laughs> yeah, like, she she would be. She yeah, would be. Like, at at be ringside. Yeah, like, at ringside, yeah. And then, like, she gets pulled in the ring, and someone's just like, do you know what? We've never forgiven you about Randy Rhodes," And they just, like, get the tables. <laughs> just put Sharon Osbourne through, like you know, put, you know, thumbtacks down, power bomber through it. Be like, you know,
0: I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, sensing i I'm sensing a theme here with, with the table. Well, like
3: Simon, Simon Cowell, like you know, they're hmm. talking to her, and Simon Cowell slips out from under the ring and just runs up behind her with like a flaming steel chair and just fucking levels over there. You know, I yeah, like yeah, R- WrestleMania with the though thing. with that
2: that turning point where. Yeah, Vince McMahon has obviously thought it is still niche wrestling is still niche. How do I expand it and bring in celebrities
3: to try to broaden broaden the appeal? I mean, they, yeah, because like WrestleMania One, it was it was it wasn't just Cyndi Lauper and Muhammad Ali is the referee for the whole Hulk Hogan match. They had Andy Warhol though and It was like raving about how because obviously how how much of a pop culture phenomenon it was and. Is it Mr. T was in the main event against Wally Yeah, 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 with uh, Hulk Hogan, and that was all hype in Rocky Three. And uh, yeah, they've they've always, I mean, they've always tried to attract some uh, like kind of novelty appearance at that like WrestleMania, and it, it it's like I mean, and again, it's like the link there is how how awesome has it been when you've been at gigs and something completely unexpected has happened, like for That's example, true. Donington, Donington oh my God, who's that on drums with Metallica? It's Dave Lombardo. And you're yeah. like, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, like, you know, it, how great would it be that like someone, a band walks out on stage and goes, oh, we've got one of our mates backstage. He says he's, he wants to come on and just play with us for a bit. It's so-and-so. I, like, I, can, yeah. I
2: can beat that story though, Padre. At Camp Bestival a couple of years ago, Rick Ashley was playing, right? And uh, who came out on the drums? Mary fucking Berry. <laughs>
0: what the baker yeah no Mary Mary the fucking plumber who else is it going to (laughs) be I don't know (laughs) I mean that's a
2: surprise that I never expected and I probably never want to see again to be honest
0: I've heard she's a massive Slayer fan so Uh,
1: (laughs) I can sort of I don't know maybe I can't maybe I can't top that but I saw um, Lawmower Death a few years ago at Download with Kim Wilde in world, yeah, yeah, we yeah. do a cover of yeah. Kids in America, and we still think because we were a bit far away, and we think was that her? Was it... yeah? Screw it. She what? Why not? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So... I, I, I thought I thought you might bring that one up, but um, but yeah, in terms of collaborations, I think that's that's definitely up there. So do we think that was there? Do you think there was a conscious effort with the likes of Ozzy Osbourne and Alice Cooper? Do you think McMahon was he knew what he was doing by getting those type of artists involved in wrestling back then? Do you think it was? Or it was just because they were they were massive artists at the time.
3: I think I think he knew that for for it to succeed, because he needed it to work, and if it didn't work, he was going to basically be um, ruined. Finished. Ruined. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he borrowed so much money to do it um, that he needed that kind of cachet of some form of like pop culture crossover that was going to generate the. Uh, the kind of news coverage that was going to let people go up. Oh, what's this WrestleMania business? I'll, I'll, I'll buy that pay per view. Or it wasn't why it wasn't pay per view. Then was it you actually asked, you had to pay to go and sit in an empty arena and watch it on a big screen? It was closed circuit, um, but it definitely helped launch the pay per view industry to some extent. But yeah, no, he was definitely uh, uh, uh clever in that regard, and he's all and they've always done that, they've always had something to um like, kind of put onto a show to make to give it some kind of wider relevance, you know?
0: It's just the fact that it was, it was you know, for one, metal or hard rock artist, because it could have, especially at that time, 86, 87, it could have just as easily been hip-hop. I think the two things would have gone together just as well. Mm. Yeah. Same kind of... I, I think like that that's some something process. to do with...
3: I think that's something to do with the way rap was perceived at the time, where it was yeah, still... Probably. And, you know, the, the the wrestling businesses at that time was not the most um, colourful of businesses, if you get my drift.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Prob- Probably the there's going to be a lot of wrestling fans in parts of the USA that are not open to black culture.
0: Yeah, I would imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. certainly in the 80s, that would have been the case. Yeah, you, you deep south and that where I can imagine we, there is even, um, a strong even wrestling extent,
1: e,
3: e, Even to some extent in the 90s because there was a tag team called the... Was it, was it Public Enemy? Uh, in Smoky Mountain it was New Jack and... Or well, the Gangsters. They were called the Gangsters and they were... It was a very small um uh, regional promotion called Smoky Mountain Wrestling which was set up by... Uh, Cornet... What's his name? Gav. Jim Cornet. Jim Cornet. Jim Cornet. And he was just like, right, I've got a tag team we've called the Gangsters. It's two... Gangster rappers, and I want you to go out there and just like really stir up some racial racial hatred. Like you know, just call them all crackers, play the stereotype, all that kind of stuff. They will go in around the South, the Southern states of America, like Tennessee, Indiana, and and like people were just losing their shit. That's Um,
0: that's,
3: they were they were the champions too. They were the champions too. So that's the other thing that wrestling does is it really sometimes it really pushes the envelope, doing the same way. As as um, heavy metal does, and it gets the same level of criticism because it's like you know they they've got to put the safety messages at the start of everything, and they get criticised everything every time. Like a kid grabs someone in the in a, in, a, in a playground and they tries to body slam them and they injure the, they injure each other and all that kind of stuff. And it's like you know, it's not it, fit. for I that. think it 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 was you
2: know just probably past <laughs> WrestleMania. Three into kind of four or five and kind of SummerSlam at that point. There, if something massive happened in wrestling, it could get into mainstream news. So you know, Jake the Snake, Snake biting Macho Man Randy Savage, and your know, pictures of that being in the newspaper. You know, is that too far away from you know Ozzy Osbourne biting the head they off?
3: They absolutely missed the trick on that one because if David Coverdale had been ringside for that, <laughs> it would have been even better. I mean, how good would that have been? It's like, you know, you've got like
0: Vincent McMahon and Jim Rossi in the commentary
3: just going, Oh my god, he's got a snake. It's David
0: Coverdale. I'd love to have seen Match a Man Randy Savage get bitten by David Coverdale. Um yeah, by David Coverdale snake. No, no, by David Coverdale. Um, do we think that it was the same the other way around, though, that the artists got involved with wrestling because they they saw something in it. They saw that this is potentially a new market for us to get our music to. We'll come to the late 90s and the new metal side of it a little bit later, but, you know, it's almost like, from a marketing point of view, you need to get your music out there. That's like an immediate audience that's probably going to be into what you do. Yeah,
2: i can say that. I think it was definitely more likely that that was the case in the late 90s with New Metal. I think, you know, Alice Cooper and Ozzy were already well established, weren't they? At yeah, that, Yeah, those two definitely. Vince definitely. is definitely trying to use their celebrity status to boost his product. Yeah. Um, alongside, you know, a number of other celebrities that were involved in those, those kind of pay-per-views. But then I think, you know, at that time, you know, the, the categorization of some uh, wrestlers, you know Undertaker's just coming along at that point. You know, darker than than others. You know, you had Kevin Sublin, um and his kind of army of darkness, and that was all satanic type stuff. And his you know s- squad of cronies, the Dungeon of Doom, and even in, you know his finisher was the Devil Stomp. That kind of l- led itself to that kind of I don't know. It's probably like what we said at the beginning of people you. It, are a bit sniffy of metal and think, oh, it's all about worshipping the devil and all this type of stuff. But they played into that to almost draw yeah.
0: those people in. Do we think they missed the trick with with characters like The Undertaker, though? <laughs> that that had the potential to be really metal, like evil metal, black metal, if you want, but you, you they've got to have that commercial but edge.
2: I, I think one of the key things at this point is that um Vince wasn't willing to pay. For anybody else's music to be used yeah. in WF, yeah, so everybody's name and everybody's theme tune had to be something that he owned so yeah. he make money off it. Whereas, you know, would it have been better if Undertaker came down to some kind of heavy metal tune?
0: Yes, it would have. Yeah, Probably. absolutely. But
2: yeah. Vince was never going to pay for it. And it wasn't until a long time later, probably with ECW, where they started heavily using normal, you know, songs as entrance music that all of a sudden WCW started to do it. And then Vince had no choice then when he had to start trying to join in.
0: We'll come back to ECW a little bit later. We'll we'll stick with WWE for the minute because that's obviously where it's... um... Whereas it's, it's biggest. So going into the nineties then and into the sort of mid and then late nineties, um, you had the the WWE attitude here. When how, when did that sort of run? That was late nineties, wasn't it? 97. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is when this is when a lot of the new metal started to sort of come into wrestling a lot more than it was.
3: Yeah, because you gym. had um basically they, they you had the whole um Degeneration X thing, which was yeah. the Triple H and Shawn Michaels and China, that the, the the
0: yeah, I remember China. My body.
3: yeah, and the, that that went up to about that incarnation went up to um, WrestleMania fourteen, and then obviously that's when you get Austin, that's when it really kicks off. Yeah, because I think Austin was like the most that that one year before he really injured his neck, yeah, when he was really flying. I think, he made more, I think he made about $11 million in a year off wrestling. I think he made just as much as that in merch because of, of the T-shirt, the Austin 316 shirt. Um, and uh, it, it was absolutely flying then because you'd had an upturn in the economy too. Um, people had like money to spend. and um, they, had, they had like a, a whole batch of characters that were really popular in mean, Mankind, Rock, um, WCW at the NWO. I mean, and WC things the the, the, the thing I think one of the big differences is the W. w you, you've got this thing called the Monday Night Wars where the WCW were putting on their TV show Nitro on the same time and the same day as Monday Night Raw, and, and they were trying to outdo each other in the ratings, so that really pushed them to do things and and one of the things wcw nitro did was what they they tried to make it into more of a com, kind of entertainment package rather than a wrestling show yeah whereas vince took wwf the other way and was like right we're gonna have like the best matches and storylines so like wcw they, they had kiss on they had megadeth on they like, like literally like doing like a halftime show kind of thing um, they had like the Nitro Girls, they had Insane Clown potty on, who then became wrestlers. And I think they oh, put, like, yeah, tag, team, tag team champions. Yeah. But like this because they were desperate to keep yeah, they were desperate to keep up with um, you know, uh WWF in the ratings kind of thing. Because like obviously they, that was a, that was a TV show or a wrestling company that was owned by Time Warner, uh, yeah. uh, Ted Turner. So, like, it was, it was, you're a TV show, whereas Vince was like, we're a wrestling company that has airtime to produce yeah. something.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
3: so then, WCW like, just decided to
2: kind of throw money. <coughs> and, I mean, the rumour is for Kiss to play their one song on WCW, they got paid half a million dollars.
0: Yeah, that's insane. And that's,
2: that's just ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, that episode of uh, Nitro went down in viewerships the week before.
0: <laughs> but it was probably more um the advertising revenue is certainly on american tv if if advertisers know that kiss are going to be performing on that show they're gonna they're gonna sell more advertising space so you know yeah. I, I could see you, you can see the the sort of marketing reasons for it it does make sense yeah, um, you mentioned merchandise the- as well that's 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 a valid one across the two across the two things because obviously obviously metal merchandise and and wrestling merchandise very very similar
3: you know it's you'll have wrestlers like chris jericho who will mimic metal style t-shirts for his own stuff yeah and uh the, the presentation i mean if we just talk about i mean we can get to chris jericho at one point because obviously he is he is a metal fan himself he's got his own band he's probably the one that really Embodies the crossover because like the way he his character, the way he presents the the package, it's very much you can say what that guy listens to I I made he listens to
0: yeah Chris Jericho true metal. So we'll come to him in a minute, but I'm not letting you get away with the new metal bit yet. Because why 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 was new metal so prominent with wrestling? I know we're talking the late 90s here, so new metal was at its absolute peak, but it didn't. It didn't happen. Why? Why think, did? It, think, why did it happen?
3: I think if you look at the look at look at that Netflix documentary on on, on Woodstock '99, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah,
3: and you look at the people in the crowd that that demographic, um, eighteen to thirty, um, frat boy. That's what they were going for, right? And what was popular with that demographic at the time? It was new metal. Yeah. If um, if Chaz and Dave had been popular with that demographic. Vince would probably have used it. You know, it's like it, it's. Um,
1: I'd if, love to see Spice that. Girls, yeah. If, if,
3: you know, yeah. if if the Spice Girls were popular with that, if they were the most popular thing with the demogra- that demographic in America, I guarantee you, at some point, he would have put two and two together, and WrestleMania 17's main song would have been, you know, I tell you what, Boy, I want, nice. what he really, really want. You know, it's like
2: those
0: could have gone yeah. through a table as well. Yeah. Imagining
2: Vince McMahon coming to the ring, shouting, "There's more rabbit than (laughs) same (laughs) space." But I would pay good
0: money to see that.
3: I remember. (laughs) I remember. Is it WrestleMania Seventeen, which is I think still probably say that it's their best WrestleMania, and I think it's one with the biggest buy rate too, or it it had one of the biggest buy rates in terms of pay per view. But like there was that there was that first was it the, the hardcore match where. Big Show, Kane, and Raven are, ch- are chasing each other around.
0: It lasted the, virtually the, the whole Astrodome and The
3: golf cart. Yeah. You just imagine if you like yeah. the, the the image in your head of like the Spice Girls being chased around the Houston Astrodome by the Big Show, <laughs> and then
1: <laughs> like,
3: yeah, and then like thrown like through um a, a plexiglass window or something. That's
0: just one of like, my um that 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 hardcore match is actually one of my all time favorite of matches because it, it, it did it went on for virtually the whole pay-per-view didn't it it just kept on coming. back that yeah. WrestleMania is, is
2: absolutely superb I, I think the, the demographic piece of Padres is, is spot on in not it because you've had ECW you know in kind of 95, 96 that's crossed over into WWE you're getting this more you know the table matches the ladder matches you know hell in a cell there's you know more blood etc and your demographic's gone up and then they have literally just gone right. What is culturally <laughs> out there at the minute? New metal. And then they've just honed in on Limp Biscuit, who were having their you know big five minutes to fame. And they've used them to you know, and they they both ridden each other's coattails to probably the most money that they ever earned. For the, why didn't they their if, event?
3: If that's the case, though, why didn't they get Limp Biscuit to play the damn event? I mean, I'm glad they didn't, because they got Motorhead instead. But um, yeah, yeah it would have been. I mean, can you imagine like a an event like that of that size, where every every guy's got his own intro tune, but it's a song, and the band play their own song as the intro. That that would have been pretty cool.
0: That 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 would have yeah. been. But then, unfortunately, it would have been bands like fucking Saliva and Pod and. Fucking kid yeah. rock and, and shit like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I
3: really don't want to see like, I don't know, fucking Albert and Tess coming down to like, Here Comes the Boom by Pod. <laughs> some, some crap, some crap. Like, that. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, I mean, they did, they really did. Um, once they did the WrestleMania, so uh, that, okay, so basically the new metal thing really starts. It's before 2001. The, the, the theme tune to Monday Night Raw was the uh, Union Underground across the nation, and they're yeah, a crappy yeah. new metal. Yeah, uh, but that's the start of it, and then you just like you've got characters on there called like the headbangers who were like you know, kind of mosh and thrash, yeah, mosh and thrash. The headbangers. <laughs> like, I mean, absolute like wearing like Pantera t shirts and Metallica t shirts and a kill and, um, and kill, yeah. And then you know, in ECW, Rob Van Dam had walk by Pantera, it was his yeah. team too. Um, I mean, fair play to. ECW, I mean, they, they let their guys do it properly. Like, Sandman came down to the ring to enter Sandman.
0: Just incredible. Yeah. had the best entrance music. <laughs> big, neck.
2: But yeah, the, the Sandman, when they did One Night Stand um, yeah, in the Philadelphia Bingo Hall on WWE pay-per-view, he came out in the crowd and you can't even see it on the WWE Network because they've overdubbed it with a different song because of Vince. But if you watch it on YouTube, the crowd go fucking mental as yeah. soon as Enter the Sandman kicked in, and um, I've heard Mick Foley talk about it and others, and they said that to be in that place at that point when that music hit is one of the just the biggest noises and crowd reaction they have ever seen. It's like proper goosebumps moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose or, at that time you got. You've you've got wrestling at its you know sports entertainment absolute peak, and you've got one of the yeah. biggest heavy metal bands in the world, and those two things come together, crossing over the two you know two very similar subcultures. Yeah. It's going to explode, and
3: yeah,
0: you know so yeah, I, I I do get that, but I I did like that about ECW. We'll touch on them quickly because like I said, Prong, with, you know, snap your finger, snap your neck, Pantera, Metallica. And, and the whole sort of um, more DIY and hardcore style that ECW had, it felt more metal. It felt more hardcore, not, you know, not the, the wrestling, but hardcore the music. It had that kind of feel. And I think that for me is where the two things meet more so than WWF.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. You know, you, you, you look back and you look at, you know, Ravens coming out to come out and play from the offspring and, and smashing Tommy Dreamer in the balls with a kendo stick. Yeah. Yeah. That's the type of stuff that where we were at that age, we were probably at the perfect age, in fact, where probably we're just starting drinking, we can get access to watch ECW, and it is the most crazy shit you've ever seen. Yeah. People being thrown off balconies and flaming tables and thumbtacks and, you know, all of this stuff. But somehow, even that real hardcore wrestling, which is, is almost like your death metal of, me- of, of metal, eked its way into normality in the wrestling business. Where, you know, you've got Mick Foley getting thrown off the top of a fucking hell in a cell and you generally think that he's dead. You generally <laughs> think that he is dead.
0: See, going back in in ninety eight, there was a um, ECW compilation CD released called ECW Extreme Music. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with. it. Is that the one with Sandman? Friend? Uh, yeah, Sandman's on the front with, yeah. with, with, with a fag hanging out of his mouth. So on that, <laughs> you had bands like White Zombie, Kilgore, Megadeth, Bruce Dickinson, Motorhead, yeah. Anthrax, Monster Magnet. You know, it, it was that was a, a real you know a, a solid lineup of of artists that that got involved in that. And yeah, that, that cover is just ECW all over. <laughs> For yeah. If I don't know if you can see it, but if if you yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah it's um, yeah, yeah wrapped no, in barbed no, wire. No, that's that, that looks cool. like that that's looks- what I want from my from from Madeline wrestling crossing over. So that, that looks, looks like, like a
1: character you know. from um, Alf Wee pet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would have made a good wrestler.
1: Give me now, yeah, yeah, I'll be all
0: over like that. That, that deathmatch type
2: environment is still out there, but it's you know, when Vince made the decision to go to that kind of PG 13, it almost kind of just went underground again, yeah. And you've got your likes of you know, GCW and, and that type of deathmatch stuff, which you know, some of it is insane. I don't know if any of you have seen the um, David Arquette documentary. Where it I've seen. It. Of, I'm aware
0: of it. I've, I've right. it, it yeah. is
2: an amazing, amazing film, and you know, it shows him. You know, he's having a real bad time with kind of mental health. Gets back into kind of the wrestling after his WCW um, bits and pieces. You know, and he ends up having this death match, and it is just insane, absolutely insane stuff. Probably too far, or maybe I'm just too old now to appreciate. <laughs> you know. That type of stuff, but yeah, crazy.
0: But that's 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 where the two things cross over, just right. Away, when it just pushes the extreme, and that's that's when it worked. Yeah. And that's, that's that was my issue with with new metal and WWF WWE in the late nineties, early two thousand, when it was just a bit safe, and it shouldn't have been.
2: Yeah, you that's know, it. If you if you go back to the start of the Attitude Era, you ended up with Ministry of Darkness with the Undertaker. You add the Acolytes, uh, Bradshaw and Farouk. You add Gangrel, you know, Vampire Teeth, Coming Up Through the Flames, Edge and Christian, you know, kidnapping Stephanie, which I know that's one of Padre's absolute favourite bits. Yeah, they they,
3: they, they strap on 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 one of Undertaker's like, and th- th- for real it's like on in the middle of the ring he's, he's about to uh sacrifice her to the higher power <laughs> and austin comes down and it's just like and like this is when Undertaker was wasn't coming out with like the hat and everything he was in like a full-on robe like he'd gone like you know dark cult leader yeah and um you know that and that you know even stuff like the, the the buried alive matches where they just bury someone alive it's so <laughs> metal it's like um
0: but that's, that's what I mean about, about missing a trick with the music though, because that is all yeah, that, that yeah. whole all yeah. that pomp and circumstance is very, very metal. There's no doubt about that. And yeah, yeah, it's it's just like I said, too safe. That was that was why I had a problem with, with that whole mix of, of metal and wrestling. If,
3: if you look, I mean this is this is gonna make you feel physically nauseous, but there was uh, you, you mentioned that um ecw music, yeah. Well, then there was a there was um, a thing called a uh, uh, WWF Forcible Entry, which was released in two thousand and two. was a compilation album. Listen to some of the people on this. Uh, the game performed by Drowning Pool, but it was written by Jim Johnson and Lemmy Kilmer Kilmerster. Legs performed by Kid Rock. That's a rip off of the um, ZZ Top song. Yeah, yeah. Disturbed, Creed, Limp Bizkit, Rob Stop, Star- Rob Zombie, Never Gonna Stop. One of a Kind, Breaking Point, Oh, that's Rob Van Damme, Beautiful People, Marilyn Manson, Union Underground, Seven Dust, Saliva, Monster Magnet, that's fair enough, Neurotica, Cypress Hill, Dope, Finger Eleven, and Boy Hits Car. I mean, that's a pretty piss poor album. I mean, if you actually went out and bought that, no wonder people were using Napster. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, why would you pay for that? But
2: just again to the point earlier, any one of those bands, right, they're sitting at home, they get a phone call from somebody at WWF, WWE, and say, have you got a song that we can use at WrestleMania as our theme song, and we'll pay you this? They're going to go, well, fuck yeah. Yeah. You know, now, you know, with um, My Way, Limp Bizkit, WrestleMania 17, right, People that I talk to will remember that that song is from WrestleMania 17 before they remember that it's Limp Bizkit that sing the song.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that is probably that Stone Cold Rock uh, matchup, the whole montage before the video, that is probably the best ever pre-match montage ever. And it just happens to be. That it's limb biscuit, but it doesn't really matter that it is limb biscuit because that my way song just perfectly goes with that video.
0: I think for me that uh, you know just playing devil's advocate a little bit, I suppose um, the one song that did work for me was Bodies by Drowning Pool. Yeah, it's almost like it was almost like it was written for wrestling. Yeah, you know I didn't mind Drowning Pool. To be fair, they they, they had a, a few moments, and that is a bit of an anthem that song. And you know the lyrics let like the bodies hit the floor. It it fits, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. Okay. SummerSlam 2001, and uh, I was sp- speaking to Padre, and uh, my daughter, who is six, will ask for that on in the car, <laughs> which uh, I'm I'm all right with that.
0: Look, you can't get away from it. It's. I think it was a lot of it was timing. You know, you had, like I said, wrestling at its peak.
1: New. Metal. I'm really curious about Boy Hits Car because. They're a weird one to be included. So I'm guessing yeah. someone having an entrance music. They're very zen as a band.
0: They were a bit, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So who was who f- them? What was the song, And Oh, no idea. It is. Oh, yeah. Uh, Padre had the list. But yeah. Yeah, very... Uh, um, and all that. They,
0: they were uh, leaders in entrance music. <laughs> were they? Okay. <laughs> oh, so, uh, uh, was
2: Love, on. Fury,
0: Passion, Energy, the song was called.
2: Lita was definitely, you know, an alternative. And I think, you know, at the ages that we were, she was probably the right alternative. <laughs> you dirty Although, old man. You know, her and her Trish started us perfect.
1: See, it's, it's interesting because I'm not interesting. I'm, I'm not into any of the fighting sports, boxing, UFC, and it's, it's not my, my thing. When it, when it comes to, you know, people in darth costumes beating the crap out of each other, I've got comics for that. So, you know, that's fine, um, but like I, I certainly get why wrestling likes it. But you know, I'm very familiar with a lot of these, and because of the, you know these chaps, I'm i I know all about China and Tris Stratus and Stephanie and whatnot. So yeah.
3: Tori
0: <laughs> Wilson, Tori Wilson. I mean, I mean, Tory if
3: you're Wilson. into comics, if you ever read the Ultimate Warrior comics, I mean, <laughs>
0: no,
3: that, <laughs> no. that is some you know real. Um, what what was that thing he, that he came up with his own philosophy called destructicity? <laughs> just yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's um, like the I, E.T. Atari game, though, isn't it? There's just loads of them buried in the desert somewhere. <laughs> couldn't say. Yeah, yeah, but like when when because Ultimate Warrior came back at WrestleMania 12, right? Yeah, and um, in order for he was like sitting on the fence about whether or not he was going to sign to come back, and uh, one of the one of his like kind of demands was that Vince McMahon buy like five hundred thousand back copies of his magazine.
1: <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just much looking like at you know, now,
3: v- very much like Metallica have to do with load, they have to pay people to buy them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm just I, looking, fully I'm
2: looking that at that it now as a copy of the Ultimate Warrior comic by the time that he's on next week's podcast. I know, not you must be able that. to buy one
1: off, Probably, but <laughs> I'll tell you something that is, that is very 90s. 90s comics has a reputation for being the worst worst period in comics um the artwork was it it was weird the artwork was just really exaggerated like real stupidly muscle bound lots of guns lots of pouches it was sort of you had all these artists in the 80s who were quite young and they were trying to bring a fresh fresh um appeal into the into the artwork because it was all a lot more restrained up until that point. And that continued into the nineties. And yet he had all of the clones, clone artists doing all these things to the point where they were just exaggerating so much. And the women, you know, women positions were just uh, proportions rather were just all over the gaff. Um, so, yeah, I'm just looking at this cover now and it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he looks like a superhero and a wrestler. Um, I think I might recognize the artist actually there, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, not, that's it's ultimate creations of a company. I've never even heard of him, so well, he's probably fantastic. Warriors own company, completely air yeah, independent, which is. Which he he is fine, was it,
2: it, his ego was so big at that point. He generally thought that he could do anything.
1: Goodness me, yeah. Oh my word, that is. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking, I'm just looking at that, I mean, that. Oh dear God! Nineties comics. I mean, Christ Almighty! That
0: that's not a million miles oh. away from Manowar fighting the world. No, honest. exactly. Bucky.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a bleak period, but there's there's a fan base in comics that love this stuff. It's it's like a golden age to them, um, just because it like I say, big muscles, big breasts. It's yeah. That sounds
2: like WWE.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically.
2: Yeah.
1: What well, while I'm here, actually, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna name check something because I think cause I've not made much of a contribution this week because not not being into wrestling, but. <laughs> um, I want to name check a, uh, um, a comic creator by the name of Daniel Warren Johnson. This is a chap who is into wrestling and metal. Um, he's done indie stuff and he's done stuff for Marvel and DC. And he's got this really energetic nuts kind of um, uh, art style, which it's not manga style, but it's sort of going towards that thing. But it's, you know, lots and lots of energy. But he's recently just finished a comic book, a short comic book series called Do a Powerbomb. <laughs> um, which I need, to, I need to check out just because his artwork's fantastic. That sounds um, brilliant. But yeah, I mean, for what I saw, the, the, uh, the preview art, it, it, it looked spot on and it's had great reviews. So yeah, he, he knows what he's talking about. But he also did a comic about four years ago called Murder Falcon, um, which uh, was about a bloke who gets a magic sort of metal guitar which can summon um, this sort of sort of anthropomorphic <laughs> falcon bloke called murder falcon who is used to fight giant kaiju and the, in this comic series is they he meets all sort of metal chaps like black metal and japanese metal and you know to fight a different sort of kaiju and it's completely massive and bonkers and whatnot and again suits his art style but you know this is a creator who's got the metal stuff and the wrestling stuff nailed down to to a in his comics and and, and and again he's he did a really good um really good wonder woman series recently sort of set in the far future Real sort of like Conan the Barbarian stuff. Um, you sold me so- with the
2: phrase "do a power bomb."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I, I don't know if it's just finished. I don't know if it's collected <laughs> just yet. But it's, um, yeah. I mean, he's he's, yeah. It's uh, it's nuts. But um, yeah, that, that's my contribution. It's because yeah, you, you're going to have that um, with the metal of a wrestling thing, and uh, I'm all for it. Oily buff
0: man in little pants. Um, so. <laughs> so what about what about <laughs> now then? What where are we now with with wrestling and metal? Is it still as as prominent the music in wrestling, or is it kind of have we moved into hip hop? Or because I haven't, I haven't not not, not necessarily AEW because of the Chris Jericho links, but more WWF WWE. Sorry, is it still I, there? Or I think for it now? they they
2: still there <laughs> hark back to wrestlers f- from the early 2000s who, who are still there. So your likes of, you know, Rey Mysterio, who's still got P.O.D. doing his theme tune, you know, in Fucking in 2022. Move on! Move on! Um, you know, or, you know, Edge coming out to Metalingus. At Clash of the Castle, 63,000 people singing "Energy Theme tune. Unbelievable atmosphere. I mean, again, like a goosebump moment because there's just every single person there is singing that word for word as he comes into the ring. room. Yeah. Um, new wrestler wise, I think AEW certainly using more um, real songs. So you've got yeah, I think uh, John Moxley, who was Dean Ambrose, you know, comes to the ring to Wild Thing. Um, they've definitely missed a trip with Jungle Boy not coming down to the ring to welcome to the jungle.
0: Uh, I a- it would have w- cost an awful lot of money. <laughs> probably
1: yeah. more than um, the,
0: uh, more than the budget would allow.
1: You um, know, um, I'm curious. Do you have Did um, did it flirt with the emo stuff? It was popular at the time. I'm
0: not so sure it did. Did
2: it? I don't think so. I mean, you know, if you go back to early 90s ni- or kind of mid-90s and kind of grunge coming in, it didn't do anything with that at all because you still had your colourful characters like, you know, Bret Hart and Razor Ramon, and it was still almost um, kid-like. And it seemed to just, you know, grunge seemed to kind of pass it by. And then even then when it, it almost kind of bypassed everything until you got to New Metal. No. Yeah, and then, you know, you, I mean, how the hell they got away with using um, Crack Addict by Limp Biscuit for WrestleMania 19's theme tune? I've absolutely no, <laughs> no idea. But, you know, even going past that, you know, like you said, you know, you still got Rey Mysterio using Pod. Kid Rock kept on popping up time and time again with Undertaker's theme tune and whatnot. But I don't really remember them using anything.
0: Before you go on, before you go on any further, we need to stop at Kid Rock because why the fuck? <laughs> why the fuck did A Undertaker go down that whole American badass route? Didn't work for me, and why the fuck did he use Kid Rock's music? That is unforgivable.
2: Uh, I I agree, one hundred percent. Shocking. The only decent thing that the American badass gave <laughs> was the Last Ride Powerbomb. But, Apart from
3: that whole characterization of it was just dog shit. I think The Undertaker going to that, in, uh, turning into that American badass character, he, you know, he came back from a, a long time out with an injury and apparently he wanted to freshen up his character and stuff like that. Well, for me, I, the first time I saw it, I thought, this is just like when Metallica cut the hair and released load. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're they're going to gonna go back to... Their original thing, anyway, and lo and behold, by two thousand and four, WrestleMania twenty-five, I think, no, twenty, WrestleMania twenty, he was back as the uh, the dead man, and yeah, I mean that was pretty cool though. Like when they've had the things with like um, Undertaker and, and like the the lightning bolts hit the coffin and the coffin blows up and bursts into flames, and then the druids bring him back down in the coffin with the uh, yeah with the, the flaming torches and stuff. I mean, again, it's like, you know, that you've got that happening. Why aren't you having at least...
0: Yeah.
1: Just, even if, even but, if
3: you're not going to use their music, just, just at least get Ishan from Emperor in the fucking crowd.
0: <laughs> you know, like, just... He might be clutch. It's
2: almost, but you know, Jason Voorhees type Friday the 13th Type stuff there, then isn't it? With you know, in bringing him back to life and whatnot. And I, I, I agree. You know, they have missed the trick where they just gave him the same theme tune that he had years ago.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. It, it just yeah. like I said, massively unforgivable. Um yeah. But on on the other side, I think, of the point, sorry, go on, now go on. Finish. I, mean.
2: I was just going to say, probably the the only other stuff in the kind of the new new world is um Corey Taylor is weirdly. Best friends with Baron Corbin, who's a wrestler in um, WWE. The Labour
0: politician, didn't he? It was.
2: <laughs> and um, Corey did provide all out of life, which was the NXT theme. So you know that's probably the most up to date metal link that I'm a I'm aware of, apart from Mr. Jericho.
0: Well, like yeah, we, we'll we'll come to AEW. I want to talk about um, CM Punk for a minute because. Um, obviously he always had the, the the crosses on the backs of his hands, the, the st- straight-head symbols as, as we know them. And and he was big into hardcore punk. I've, I've heard him talk about bands like Minor Threat, um, you know, State of Alert and Ian McKay stuff, Fugazi, all that kind of stuff. I find it odd that, that that never kind of came into things a little bit more, but this this is what like what I was saying earlier about the the commercial viability of it. You know, CM Punk is all into his straight edge hardcore and all that kind of thing, but there's no commercial appeal to that. And I don't think a lot of those, those sorts of bands would want to necessarily associate themselves with wrestling. I think you're right. Okay. But think
3: about, think about the reasoning. If if you're Vince McMahon and what goes through your head, you're thinking, right. If, you know, the, if te- the, the champion and I use that in inverted commas, is like the kind of spokesperson for the company almost. It's like that person is going to be able to draw people in and get them to buy tickets or pay for pay per views. And um, also, they're the figurehead. So, when you've gone through um, numerous accusations of rampant steroid use, when you've got, you know, wrestlers dying in, the, in their 30s and their early 40s from
0: yeah
3: having such a crap lifestyle. And then you can say, well, no, because our champion, straight edge, he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't do steroids, he doesn't do anything. Look, he's even got the tattoos on his hand. It's like he lives the life. There is some utility to that for the company from a public relations point of view. Um, it's, it's one of the reasons why they kind of made the switch in the 90s from really jacked six foot eight, for lack of a better phrase, oiled up beefy muscle, man, like you said earlier, <laughs> to the more kind of trimmed down... You know, trimmed yeah. down kind of. So well, they didn't. They
2: didn't want another steroid uh, court case, did they?
3: No. Uh, like I
2: like CM Punk. I mean, you know, he was one of the first in WWE to be able to say, "I want a cult of personality to be my theme tune," and Vince said, "Okay," and he paid for it.
0: Yeah.
2: And you know that song is as closely associated with CM Punk as anything.
0: And that's good because again, that's that's crossing another stereotype. You know, Living Colour are uh, they're, they're, a, they're a black band, so it's yeah. It's, it, I think that 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 works for me. I,
1: I really can't imagine Ian McKay, no, be, being involved in wrestling.
0: No, this is what I mean. They just someone like that would wouldn't. It would just he he would definitely turn his nose up at the thought yeah. of being involved in wrestling.
1: But mainly because they'd say we're going to pay you more than five dollars. Because you've earned more than five dollars.
0: Yeah, he wouldn't have that. No. He wouldn't have that. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, there's, there's an opportunity there to 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 use <laughs> Punk's lifestyle and, and his music taste, but they obviously didn't take the opportunity. So, which is a bit of a shame. But you know, it is what it is. Not that I'd, um, not that I think Ian McCoy should have too much of a voice because he's a bit irritating and a bit pretentious and a bit of a dick. So yeah, let's 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 keep him quiet. But someone could have learned something from him. So, you know. So going off on, on a bit of a tangent then, um, before we talk about AEW and Chris Jericho, I believe there is something called the Most Metal Athlete Award. Someone tell me something about that.
2: I couldn't believe this when I uh, started to do, do some research. So, yeah, there is an award called the Most Metal Athlete. So Triple H won it in 2013. And I think... Um, most of that is off the back of his association with Lemmy.
0: Yeah.
2: And Lemmy doing several of his theme tunes, the whole kind of DX thing. I mean, you know, Triple H's entrances, uh, his later WrestleManias were longer than his actual matches coming down to the ring in a skull mask, almost a medieval knight armor chain mail. To uh, you know the game, Uh, so he won it in 2013, and then um, Baron Corbin won it in 2016, which I'm assuming is associated with his link with being best mates with Corey Taylor. Now I don't know who gives out that award, or how you, uh, or who else has won it outside of the wrestling world, but um, yeah, there is such
0: a thing.
1: You couldn't do that in football.
0: The most metal footballer. The most metal footballer. Terry Butcher.
1: Yeah, he's mates with uh, Steve Harris, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A
0: big Maiden fan. So, yeah, yeah. I, no
1: one else. But, but there are some. I mean, you've got Jeff Hanneman. Not Jeff Hanneman. Uh...
0: Marcus Hanneman.
1: Marcus Hanneman. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Well, with, that, with that name, I mean, you're going to be. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Name, well, um,
0: you? David De Gea apparently is a metal fan. Yeah, yeah. Another one. um is look
1: at Modric, fun. I think. Is he? Really? I think some yeah, someone like that. I think I think he might be. There's oh, an article somewhere it was somewhat surprising me, but uh
0: yeah, I have I've googled it several times. There, there are a few. Um, yeah. but um yeah, that's that's yeah, that's going off on a different uh different thing. So let's let's talk about Chris Jericho then, because if anyone's gonna represent heavy metal in wrestling more than anybody else, it's Chris Jericho. And obviously now AEW Fozzie, you know, Fozzie started off as a, if anyone's not not aware, but Fozzie started off as just a, a covers band. Um, and uh, Chris Jericho's pseudonym in the band was Mongoose McQueen. back I think it was all <laughs> Wasp and Judas Priest and, and sort of Maiden covers and that kind of thing. And it was all a lot of fun. But, you know, as time has gone on, Fozzie have become more and more of an established sort of household name. And he, and he does he does bring that into the wrestling, doesn't he? He, he? he plays on both elements of his career kind of thing.
2: He does. And I think he's, he's done a brilliant job yeah. with that crossover. So, you know, he uses Judas as his theme tune at, at the moment. And, um, you know, AEW have been on the on and up. And you know, they had an event not long ago at Arthur Ashe Stadium. 20,000 people sell out. And he came to the ring and the music started, and they just turned it off. And you've got 20,000 people singing Judas.
0: Yeah.
2: Little kids, women, men in metallic shirts, the whole lot all singing Judas. I mean, that, that has completed the crossover. Yeah. He, for someone, song, it is metal, and he's a wrestler.
0: <laughs> yeah, and for someone like Jericho to kind of carry that torch, that's that's great for metal because it's he's not subtle with it, and he's got his um, his Jericho Cruise thing, his, his um, metal festival on a cruise ship. Yeah, you know, he, he really does play on it, and you know, fair play, we've got an awful lot of time for Chris Jericho. His podcast is great as well, by the way. Yeah, that's definitely worth a listen if anyone hasn't listened to it. Um, he interviews some great people on there. My favorite is the one with Scott Ian from Anthrax; it's brilliant. Go and listen to it if you haven't already. Um and yeah, like I said, he um he is almost single-handedly out there carrying the torch for heavy metal in wrestling. Proper heavy metal.
2: I um I've loved what he's done in AEW because he has become a a new version of himself. Yeah. <clears throat> Completely new character. I mean, if you look back to his early days in um in WWF, you know, he's flashy high flyer stuff You know, he's not going to do that i mean he's in his early 50s
0: yeah
2: for god's sake but um looking at what the rest of the aew guys say about him he's like you know a father figure a leader yeah um and he just happens to be you know in a big metal band as well yeah. How he finds the time to do it all, I have absolutely no fucking yeah. idea.
0: It's, it's mental because Fozzie tour pretty hard as well, and you know how he how he balances that, I I, I don't know. And you know he, he he's got great he's got a great band around him as well. You know he's got Rich Ward who was in Stuck Mojo back in the day, great guitar player. You know it, it's it's solid solid setup. I remember um, I remember back in uh, back in the early two thousand interviewing Frank Fonseca from from Fozzie, who was also in Stuck Mojo back in the day as well. And, and he always, you know, talked about the whole Chris Jericho was, was, you know, was very much WWE back then and how the balance was difficult for them. But, you know, he t- talked about even back then, we're talking 20 years ago, how Chris Jericho is is, is out there. He's the voice for heavy metal in wrestling, called himself the Ayatollah a rock and roller. You know, <laughs> he, had, he did everything he possibly could. So, you know, massive respect to that man for everything he's done. You do you remember
3: do you remember when we saw Fuzzy at Download in 2004 and there were people doing like angle slams on each other in the yeah. mosh pit and trying to, put each, yeah. trying to put people in the walls of Jericho and, and Jericho's <laughs> on stage looking down at the mosh pit trying not to laugh. It's like people are really trying to get his attention and you're just like, someone's going to fucking hurt themselves in a minute.
1: <laughs> Stuck Mojo was an interesting one he's yeah, um,
0: Stuck mojo even yeah there, video to cool, rising cool. was was uh, was ECw
1: wrestlers yeah the, the thing I remember about that band for some reason is that they were very they were very pro execution
0: really
1: yeah they were really in favor of capital punishment
0: that's a bit of a um, bit of a side yeah. Swipe.
1: Yeah. was it no, no it it's Stuck mojo it. I don't know if rich Ward was in the band at that point in time but it's just something like it's just really stuck in my mind they you know it's not something you come across very often but yeah they were really into (laughs) death row
0: well that's um yeah that's 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 (laughs) fucking news to me um but If, if you look at jericho i mean he's
2: wrestling maybe several times a week he does his podcast every week he's still doing fuzzy tours gigs recording new stuff He's just signed a contract extension with A&E where he's now a producer and a creative consultant. I mean, the man is Peter Pan. How does he manage to find the time to do all of that? That is mental.
0: I think when you love it that much, you'll find the time. You You, you know, he clearly loves loves doing what he's doing. So just going back to start Mojo for a minute. Yeah, the Rising video had um, Diamond Dallas Page raging and the Flock, Raven and the Flock in it. Um it's a great video. It's it's a legendary video. It goes back to fuck me, ninety-seven, ninety-eight. It's gotta be, it's gotta be that old.
1: Twenty-five. Rising, I mean, nah, no, no. Uh, Rising would have been a couple of years later because I think 96. I mean,
0: Raven,
3: Raven was... used to come down to uh come out and play by offspring. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And like like I, I used to love that guy's promos in ECW and WCW. He would just sign off every promo, both the Raven, nevermore. Like this
0: great character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ryzen was 1998.
1: Yeah, um, sounds about right. Because I think 96 was when I heard Start My First. It's one of yeah. the songs I really liked, actually.
0: Very, very underrated band. Um, if anybody's listening to this, you've never heard of them. Um, that's how that's how you combine hip hop and metal and do it properly. So uh, go and listen to them. Um, so let's 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 go down a bit more of a um, a dumbass route now and uh, and. Let's ask some, um, some real sort of hard-hitting questions now. So, which metal musician would you like to see put through a burning table? There's probably quite a few. Kid Rock goes through first, I think.
1: I'm going to have to yeah, Google that yeah. first so I know what it is, because I haven't got a bloody clue.
2: <laughs> it is literally like a decorator's table with lighter fluid and a match.
1: See, this, this, when I did Poker Nights uh, with some friends really into their wrestling... Back of the late noughties, we um we always used to put a WrestleMania on in the background. Um, so I'm quite familiar with like ladder fights and stuff and whatnot and getting distracted. But I don't think I mean, about you, ever you gotta get go, you gotta go
3: down like the ECW route, like with the yeah. we to go go. Is it springboard triple jump atomic Arabian <laughs> Face <face-master? laughs> <It's>
1: like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know what yeah. poetry in motion is. There you go. There you go, because because we were we got very very drunk and very very out of our faces. That was in my
0: studio flat, wasn't it? We we yeah. you know, we we nailed a poetry in motion. That's, actually, I do remember. Yeah,
1: that was the night we should have been at Tattoo the Planet.
0: That's yes, that's yeah. Exactly, we could have, obviously. That but, yes, yeah. You yeah.
1: lot did a load of wrestling moves across, and you know, doing all sorts of things, and I got very very off my face. Yeah, and I cannot okay. believe I actually made it home that night because I had to do a twelve-hour shift at the Cinema the next day,
0: so that that was twenty one years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what was like the it. um? What sure. was
3: Periscope Motion again? Was it the, was it the Hardy
0: Boys?
3: Yeah. You see, I, I used to like the Eliminators in ECW jo, uh, John Cronus and Perry Saturn. They do the sweep of the leg and the spinning back kick at the same time. That was pretty savage. Um, but like you know, okay, going back to like people you want to see go through a table. I mean, I'm sorry, I've got to put Ulrich in there. Lars Ulrich and Bob Rock. <laughs> yeah. Lars and Bob Rock, you know. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Durst, he's gotta go through. Um Pod, the entire band. You know. Durst,
0: on, on, a ta- on a table each, stacked up, four tables.
3: Yeah, yeah. Or 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 just like basically put in all four of them, put inside a dumpster and then have the dumpster pushed off the stage while it's on fire. <laughs> That would be quite
2: funny. Triganza wants the whole of uh, Dream Theatre thrown off the top of Hell in a Cell.
0: Yeah, they can all go. Through several tables.
2: uh, Into a a barbed wire pit. Yeah, all of them.
0: Never darken my doorstep again. And take fucking Kid Rock with you. (laughs) Ted Ted Nugent. Yeah, Nugent. Yeah, Nugent can go. Yeah, definitely. Um, Actually, talking of Ted Nugent, uh, I'll just interrupt for a minute. Has anybody seen John Schaefer yet? (laughs) <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask where is he? no still <laughs> not found him no fucking hell i'll um i'll give nude your ring later see if he's seen him
1: well he might he might set up an account on twitter yeah, letting, letting, letting all the arseholes back on so
0: yes that's highly possible um but no we st- so we still haven't found him i think, Four think weeks tommy... we've been doing this now i think we still haven't found john chafer
2: tommy lee's got to be pedigreed into some thumbtacks
0: yeah. I'd like to see yeah. that. He'd probably enjoy that. He'd get around. <laughs> he probably would, yeah. <laughs> not
1: gonna, you're not going to do that to Mick Mars are you? Come on.
0: I think he would um he would explode into a cloud of dust if you did.
2: Yeah. <laughs> can, can we have like, Liz Truss as well put through a table?
0: No politics.
2: No, nobody's seen her for the last
0: week, Padre. We know where she is. She's getting nailed by John Schaefer in the Canadian Hills.
1: <laughs> yeah. She might like it actually, based on her rumors.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah fucking rednecks um which metal musician would take a stunner king. austin on king yeah like a couple of testicles in a ball bag isn't it yeah i um i who think would take, um, a, who would take a stunner and still come back for more is that what we're
1: Ooh.
0: saying oh that's that's a yeah that's that's a big one
1: i don't know his name but the singer from him on a probably
0: yeah
2: o- o- ozzy's got to be there because no matter what you do to him he's still <coughs> fucking about
3: uh, Keith Richards, Keith Richards—he's kind killed
0: Richards. by <laughs> can't be killed by conventional weapons. Um, so yeah. you two, you two as <laughs> wrestling fans, then what are your uh, what are your favourite metal wrestler intros? Unless uh, no, not... you buy a band because you know some of it was was metal anyway. Wasn't it? Even if it was done by a load of session musicians. Yeah, I mean
2: when, oh, when Stone Cold shifted to um, Disturbed, Glass Shatters—that's that's that's a good intro.
0: Yeah, but it's disturbed. Yeah, but it is it,
2: it for when it came out, it you know, you've still got the, the big pop at the beginning with The Glass. I
3: shadow. don't I don't I don't think it no it wasn't written by Disturbed, it was written in house, but on that album that they did, Disturbed covered it. Right. Um no, but yeah, Gav's right, I mean, yeah, uh what's it? Yeah. Stone Cold. Bret Hart's theme back in the day. Um, Ultimate Warrior because it was that was very yeah, that is yeah, metal Warrior dig, 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 yeah. dig, you know uh, what else um, I used to like um, I mean like, you know Raven's theme in the WWF was pretty metal so was Vader's I got a soft um, Vader,
2: Vader uh, you know I think his his power bomb is up there with Sid's Psycho Sid's mm-hmm. was you know that what a weird fucker but you know he was Tried to be portrayed as a real dark, psychotic, um, almost kind of you know metal villain, but the crowds liked him so much that they still cheered for him. Yeah, yeah
0: that, that that was quite common though, wasn't it? The, the, You know, everyone loves a uh, anti hero or, they? You know, yeah. Um, oh, well, I, I tell you as well, like you know, I'd
3: like really like to like see this because I don't, it's not even that, I, that I dislike them, but Twiggy Ramirez. Just like put through like, is that the name the, the bass player from Marilyn Manson? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, one of the yeah, many, yeah. 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 Throw throw him off in a
2: scaffold match by New Jack.
3: Yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. I think you know, old old Edge having Alter Bridge's Metal English is pretty damn good. Um, yeah, fuck all, an Bridge. And,
2: mm. and having having seen that live, you know, a few, a few weeks back, it was it it was a hell of a thing. You know, sixty like I said, sixty three thousand people singing that. His age comes to the ring. It was, it was pretty cool. If
0: you were a wrestler, what metal song would you use as your intro?
1: My answer's been the same for about 20 years and I haven't decided if I want to change it. So I'm going with You've Got Wild.
0: That would make a great intro. I'm old. I, can, I, can, I can see I can see pyros with that. I, I can see full production. That would yeah.
1: work. It works. Yeah. Whiplash for me.
0: Whiplash?
3: Probably. Yeah. Maybe for like, who the bell tolls. Vote with a bullet for me. That's that would be an awesome one. You have got that that intro bit anyway, in it.
0: I think the uh, the the first part of the intro, the lights would go down. You know, the slow part of the intro, and then everything would come up again with fireworks and flames and everything when the riff kicks in. Perfect. Yeah. And it's nice and slow, so I wouldn't have to go too quick because that would be too much effort.
2: I I'm I would go. Um, I, I would be tempted to come down to "Welcome to the Jungle" by Guns and Roses. Um, or rain in Blood. And then you get it so that as you come out, there's some kind of like hologram of blood kind of falling down around you, almost like carrie and then you walk out of it. And then you Fuck, fuck, fuck
0: holograms. You. No, fuck holograms. Proper you, get, blood. You, you get covered in blood. So you're going to do, <laughs> do it properly. Slayer did it for a while, didn't they? When they were playing it, they'd have fake blood raining down on them when they played it. So you'd have to do the same thing. Yeah that w- that would be that would be a really good wrestling intro because you've got all the, the thunder and lightning and everything before it you know you could work all that into the production that that would yeah that that would work a treat that would be amazing
1: I should say like, just coincidentally a tweet has just flashed up sort of on my timeline saying WrestleMania 29 is a terrible show what the hell is that true
2: your your phone's listening to you again aren't yeah,
1: yeah 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 the...
0: what was so bad about WrestleMania 29
1: Oh, I don't know, I can be bothered to read all the replies, but they're arguing between Wrestle 27 and 29. 29's a stinker, apparently.
2: Yeah, uh, 29 was rock Cena, I think. Yeah, see, that's
0: that's that's in an era that, that sort of does very little for me. So but I think if there's one thing that I suppose we we've, we've kind of got from this, is there is definitely a relationship between the two, and the fact that we've just been sat here talking about, you know picking out certain metal songs as your intro music. It's it's a very it is an easy relationship. And it's just a shame for me that there were so many opportunities missed back in the day when when I was a wrestling fan, when there could have been much better music involved. It's mm. just a shame that that new metal was such a was such a big part of it really when it could have been a whole could have been a whole lot a whole lot better. It, I mean it'll be
2: interesting to see where we go next. Now that Vince yeah. has got You know, Triple H uh, is into his metal. Yeah. Uh, He seems to be a lot more open to allowing a bit more of the Attitude Era type stuff to come back into WWE, Um, including people having, you know, their own real songs as yeah. their intro, in, 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 intro music. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, we'll we'll roll around to the next WrestleMania. Who do we think the Triple H could get to play there? So, you yeah, know, I mean, got, he, he, he chooses... Who's it going to be?
0: Ramstein. Rammstein would work. That a, band, would be a band like Lamb of God brilliant. would probably work. You know, it's yeah. um, the opportunities are there. There's no doubt about that. The opportunities are there. And you know what? If there was more Mel involved, I'd probably watch it, you know. And um it's, it's like I said, it, it, it is a massive opportunity. But it's just so um Vince McMahon is has uh, he retired or has he done something wrong? Um
2: well he's definitely retired. <laughs> he's still being
0: investigated. Dirty fucking nonce. <laughs>
2: it's a- Alleged, allegedly.
1: Yeah, i will read about that. Allegedly <laughs> a dirty fucking nonce. It's worth pointing out, actually, something I'm aware of is is the movie The Wrestler. Yeah, great
3: yeah, movie. Yeah, Hero. very, yeah. very
1: heavy focus on glam metal in that film. Actually, from his era, um, they a lot of like Motley Crue and Rats stuff like that. That was part of the. But that that, of that that
0: must have, going back to the eighties in wrestling when it when it started to become sports entertainment and in inverted commerce. Um, Hair metal should have been a huge part of that, because they all kind of looked the part, didn't well, they? Look at the Rockers. They looked like they came from hair metal bands.
2: Yeah, look at the Rockers. Marty Jannetty, Shaw Michaels, yeah. they could have been from a hair metal band,
0: yep. easily. Bret Hart, another, all of them could have been. All of them. Yeah. So, again, it's opportunity. opportunities missed, from my point of view, anyway. You know, but... and. And at the time, mid to late 80s, hair metal, cockrock, whatever you want to call it, was at its absolute peak, certainly commercially. Yes. Mm. So why didn't you know why didn't they? Why didn't they? I don't I could have come down to money. Who knows? Who knows? But like I said, there is there is definitely a relationship between the two. Um, we're all metal fans. Three of us have been wrestling fans, still are wrestling fans, whatever. So does kind of go hand in hand and and Gav, like you said hopefully going forward you know it'd be nice to see some some bands get some exposure maybe you know if if they're going to bring if someone like triple h brings metal more into wrestling that some some more underground bands might get an opportunity to do some theme tunes or whatever yeah a good way to get to get exposure and, and bring in new fans you know in the age we're living in with with streaming music and that kind of thing it's Anything that you can get gets your music out there, and wrestling could be the perfect platform, certainly in the States.
2: Yeah. And, you know, if the the pay per view in uh, the UK this year proved anything, is that they could come over here and do that pay per view in a different location in the UK every year, and they would, you know, have 60, 70,000 people. You you look at what they're doing in in Saudi Arabia, where they they, they have one out there, you know, every year. Um, Even if they took the UK one into Europe and have it in different places in in Europe, you're just expanding that wrestling base over and over and over again. And, um, you know, sticking a band in and, you know, making it that whole kind of sports entertainment element. And it's not just about the wrestling. Um, I mean, you know, at the at the Cardiff and the, the Cardiff event, you know, they made a big thing about Tyson Fury being there, and fair play to him, he stuck around afterwards. He was in the ring, talking. Um, you yeah. know, he sung a song.
0: Um, it's cross promotion. Isn't
2: uh, it? abs- absolutely, right. yeah, cross promotion, yeah. You know, you had Leon Edwards there. Was there from the UFC in the front row? They yeah. made sure he was shown. He, even Bret Hart was there um weirdly and um uh bulldog sister british bulldog sister was there <laughs> as well just to kind of capitalize on the whole kind of 1992 summer slam you know that was the last time that they did a stadium event in in, in the uk
0: yeah
2: you know, just celebrities dotted around the ring where the camera can just pan around and go look there's yeah. Bret hart you know there's tyson fury there's leon edwards uh, and again, that still goes all the way back to early days of WrestleMania, where you know Ozzy comes down, pissed out of his face with the bulldogs.
0: <laughs> you, you suggesting that Ozzy Osbourne had a drink problem? Maybe. Yeah. think um, you're right about going across Europe, though. I think there would definitely be opportunities there. If, if you were to to do big events in in sort of Germany, Poland, and places like that, there's endless bands who could perform at those kind of events yeah. and get some really good exposure from it. Yeah, and I, I think yeah,
2: AEW obviously uh, only really started kind of building just before the pandemic and then yeah. they haven't had the ability to get out there and start to do world tour type stuff. And um, if AEW gets to a point where they can come to the, the UK and do a pay-per-view over here, uh, yeah, and, and Chris Jericho's part of that, you've even got more chance then, I think, of yeah. you know maybe some local UK metal getting involved in uh, in AEW
0: yeah and, and why not why not like I said Jericho's flying the flag so if if people yeah. can ride off his coattails then fuck me if you were given the opportunity as, a, as an up and coming band you would do it wouldn't you? you you would never say no to that oh yeah yeah definitely you know so yeah all right that was fun Gav thanks for uh, for coming on and giving us uh, an insight you've actually you've actually sort of convinced me that you know i, I was a little bit narrow minded towards this and and you know buff man in little pants covered in oil <laughs> but um but the the the, uh, the relationship is is really strong and um, you know hopefully it sort of carries on so But isn't isn't buff man in little pants covered in oil just accept basically yeah yeah or man of yeah. war you know it's a tag team? You mean we could have had a tag team called London Leather Boys? <laughs> <laughs>
3: and the uh, their finishes just got balls to the wall,
0: balls to the wall. <laughs> you would submit by having testicles ground on your face.
3: Yeah,
0: Fucking hell. Like like um,
2: like Rikishi's stink face, but the other way around.
0: But with testicles, yes. <laughs> the tea bag. Uh, and on that note um that's that uh next week next week what are we doing next week uh oh, norway next week so well, I've, um, I've
2: spent a week listening to half of norway's uh, metal music so i'm well in already
0: well yes yeah, it's, it's um <laughs> it's, right you need next week.
1: you need to listen to death crush by mayhem there you go
0: oh no don't listen to right, i'll stick it on the list if you want to if you want to listen to what norway has to offer from a positive point of view don't listen to mayhem please I I, I I I sort of plead with you don't don't listen to mayhem don't give them the time of day. Um but yes, yeah, so we we're doing um we're doing Norway next week uh hopefully we'll have a guest if he's available um we shall see uh but that'll be fun because we've we've been dying to sort of rant on about Norway for a while so it's a massive subject to cover god knows what we'll do with it but um we won't just talk about Fenris ice skating on the cover of the new dark for an album so yeah <laughs> listening next week for that and uh thanks for listening this week gav thanks for coming on thanks
2: very much yeah, guys thanks. really enjoyed it really and, enjoyed
0: uh, it hopefully um it? hopefully this hasn't ruined your life and you know you might come on again maybe uh, yeah So <laughs> everyone else yeah, we'll um yeah. we'll see you next week thanks for yes. this
2: thanks guys